Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. My guest today is the awesome author and narrator, Kylie Stewart. Welcome to Audiobook Lovin', Kylie. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having so me. So excited to talk to you. Sometimes we do IMing and DMing on Facebook, but this is like our first time chit-chatting. So it's like so excited. It really <laughs> is. It really is. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. And your voice sounds exactly like in the audiobooks and just so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I, oh, yes. I have that sexy voice now. <laughs> To me, I always sound like a little kid in my brain. So I think we all nice do that. know it sounds dreamy. Yes, yeah, no, I think we all do that to ourselves. But um, why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been doing both the writing and the narrating gig and how all that started for you. Well, the writing came first. I've always been a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer. Um somebody asked me back when I was getting my master's in equine business, which was like horse stuff. Cause I worked in the horse industry for a while, the racehorse industry in Kentucky. Um, I was like my first life. I call <laughs> it. Uh, they were like, well, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I automatically said, Oh, I'd be an author. And then I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so I took a couple of easier jobs in the equine industry and kind of sat down and wrote my first book, which is a horrible fantasy YA. <laughs> and that was the, one of the first ones that I ever wrote. It will never see the light of day, but it was the first book that I actually had finished. I had started a lot of books in high school and college and never finished them. And this one was the first one that I actually finished. So I really enjoyed the process. I got my hands on anything and everything I could for writing crafts and getting better and how to plot and outline better because I cannot pants for crap. Like I can't pants. <laughs> yeah. If somebody's like, write this down, I'm like, okay, I have to make a list about everything. It's how it's going to go every chapter. And they're like, you only have 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not happening. Um, I don't know how pantsers do it. I'm kind of jealous, but I then decided to get into voiceover. So uh, when that happened, I met my fiance or boyfriend, now husband, and he got me set up with my mic and he'd been doing it way before me. He was already agented. And then I, one of my mentors said, Hey, why don't you try this site called ACX? I get some extra work here and there. And I think you'd be a good fit for it because it would give you confidence in your voice. You'll learn to read better and read better copy and you like to read and you like to write. So I think it'd be a really good, um, avenue for you. Plus you get to make some money. So I was like, sure. Yeah. And I went home and I recorded seven auditions and I got about five back accepting. And I had absolutely zero idea on how to edit. <laughs> Or do anything. So of course, uh, hubby slash fiance slash boyfriend at the time was like, Goody. I will help you. <laughs> yes. So he taught me everything I know about editing and oh my gosh, it was crazy. I, it just took off. And then I was getting so much work off the bat that it was a little overwhelming and I almost couldn't keep up with it as a part-time 
compared to my full-time job. And I was making more money doing the part-time job than I was the full-time job. And I was just driving myself and my fiance hubby at the time, crazy says, you have to pick one. It's like, I think this is your sign to jump on the wagon of, you know, go voiceover full-time. So I did. And it was the best choice I made because really soon after that, I landed uh, the Indebted series by Pepper Winners with Will. And that was just amazing. It was an amazing experience. And he taught me a lot too. So it was really nice having like one of my first big roles as Nyla Weaver be with a narrator who knew exactly what he was doing and he could kind of coach me along with it, which was really awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started. And I've been doing it for about six years now, full time. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um when you're finding your passion and you're trying to figure out the whole responsibility <laughs> and a steady paycheck versus project work, you know, it's kind of yes. hard to because we're all, you know, raised a specific way, especially the mon- millennials and uh, Gen Z. Oh, yeah. Older millennials yeah. like yeah. us. We're just like, got to go to college, yeah. got to get a degree. Loyal to the company that you've been working for for 15 years that will. That doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. Or that still does. But I mean, it's OK, they'll hire a replacement for you the moment you leave. So it's not like you're in mm-hmm. separate, you know. So it, it's I think it's awesome to hear these stories where you took that leap because it's a huge leap. And when you don't have that confidence, you sometimes need someone to shove you off that comfort cliff. Uh, (laughs) Oh, and I did. He did. My husband, he shoved me so hard. And because he was like, love. (laughs) And I had a mental breakdown about like in the middle of it, because I was like, am I doing the right thing? About three days. I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. It was was like, Kylie, I'm going to make a decision for you real easy. So, yeah but I'm really glad that he gave me that push because it, it was needed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to have the support of other people in your world. It too, is. It too, really that is. See, that see the, the passion that you have, as well as, you know, how you emanate that energy of, you yeah. know, being happy at doing what you can. Yeah, I was, you know, I was always a theater kid too. So performing and I love to read. So I, you know, I, I hit my Goodreads goal every year oh my God. <laughs> because I read for a living. I mean, it's really fun. So I don't even, and I read so such a wide range from sci-fi to fantasy to romance to how-to books. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you use the, the books that you narrate as part of your Goodreads challenge? I do. Okay. <laughs> Just asking because I'm like, when I get AOCs, I'm going, should I, should I not? I mean, technically I I'm listening, but it was, you know, for a gig or, or the same thing when I do like proofing for audiobooks, I'm like, it's tough for a gig, but I mean, it is listening. It is and... technically a book. <laughs> so it's a yeah, book. it's just the, the reason why I'm listening to it may vary, but exactly. Okay, okay. So I don't feel so bad now. Okay. No, if anybody you should well, Kylie told me I could. <laughs> I give you full permission to add any books for work to your Goodreads calculations. Thank you. Now maybe I'll, I do. Maybe now I'll make it. I always set a goal. And then halfway through the year, I reduce it. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I've been working. I mean, I'm listening, but I'm working. So it's different. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Kylie, for allowing me to do that. You rock. You're oh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. I feel so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> those little things. Um, 
as you do straddle, and sorry for the pun there, both author world and narrator world, we're going to be jumping back and forth a bit um, when it comes down to some of the questions I have. And we're going to also combine them because some of them can be done that. Um, It's, I I find that when you're telling, uh, sharing with us that you had a difficulty time as far as making that final decision in the leap, it's because you're a planner. And I'm sure you Mm -hmm. had a to-do list of what could go wrong if you do this versus what could go like the pro and cons. I think a lot of planners do that. Um, Exactly. So do you find yourself as a planner um, when it comes down to narrating and prepping your books, are you also doing it to that extent or what's your process now after six years of doing this look like? The process of doing it after six years, um, I work with a lot of the same authors over and over again. And the companies that I work for are really great at pretty much giving me everything I need beforehand. So I just pretty much have to just skim through the book to make sure that I get you know, the right, if they say X character is a female and I go through the book and they're not in it a lot and it could be misconstrued as a male or something like that. Like it, it, it's just, I guess I could say it works for accents. Like if a female needs a Scottish accent and I read the entire book through without, you know, kind of skimming it beforehand and I didn't do a Scottish accent. I just kept her British or something like that. And the, you know, the producer comes back and they're like, oh, hey, this was Scottish. So it's just nice to kind of go through it beforehand. Um, I have made male characters female before when the dialogue tags throw me off and the author's like, this is a, this is a boy or this is a girl. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, (laughs) the dialogue tags. But that was like back at the beginning. So now it's it's really easy to just go through. I always ask for if I'm working with a science fiction or a fantasy novel, please give me a pronunciation guide phonetically so that I know what I'm working with. If there's if there is like French or Greek, I actually just did a book with Greek in it, which was really interesting. Um, give me the link so I can listen to how it's pronounced because I I don't always know how to pronounce these words in other languages because I am American. I know very little French and very little Spanish. And that's about it. Um, I know more Latin than I do anything else because I used to sing. So it's like when I hear I see Latin, it's always fun for me because I'm like, oh, I know this. But other than that, it's um, it's pretty easy. They give me the dialects. They give me um, kind of how the character in their mind should come off uh, emotionally or personality wise, which helps. And a lot of the times the production companies I work with, they'll like give me a breakdown of who says what in what chapter, how many words. So it's very much, it's so easy now. It's so streamlined. And like I said, I only do some skimming now just to make sure that everybody is the right gender (laughs) and the right dialect. you You don't want to find out he's Russian in chapter 40, you know? (laughs) exactly and that has happened to me before Mm -hmm. in the beginning so it's like you learn from your mistakes it takes a little bit more time but you know once you learn your your process Mm -hmm. it's it definitely gets easier the more you do it that's definitely a a, like a running question slash joke amongst the narrators and when I that I talked to him like again chapter seven he has a British accent and you're going hmm good to know him I think there's a TikTok yes. about that. A narrator did a TikTok yes. and she was like, when you read the whole book and you realize he said in his Russian accent. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. Oh, that, that was Natalie <laughs> Nottis. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love her and her yeah. TikTok. She has such a great energy about her and uh, sharing. It's almost like a, a day in the life of, 
you know, a narrator yep. fill in the blank. And uh, she has hit that one definitely on there. That was so I felt that on a spiritual yes. level. I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, been there right in the beginning of my career. That was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's also the first thing I tell authors when they they ask me, hey, I'm thinking about putting my book in audio. I'm like, fascinating. Do you have a of like a book Bible? And, and, yes. and then they either look at me blankly or the, the answer is yes. So it's almost like a diagram. If you said yes, go here. And if you're looking at me blankly, yes, yeah. go over there. <laughs> Um, and, and yep. so things like I always say to them, I go, if you haven't done it yet, make sure that you have things like character accents. If there's a certain kind of speed in their that, you know, their how they talk, if one of them has like a lisp or just doesn't like, mm-hmm. the, like I say, Stasketti, you know, there's the little things mm-hmm. like that. Um, write it out at the very beginning, not yeah, let them buried. let us know, yeah, please let them know. So <laughs> It makes everybody's life a lot easier. And uh, it really does. And it makes our process so much faster. Yeah. Too. And also more fun. And at the end, once you, the package is delivered in this nice, lovely book cover and into our earbuds, those of us that um, pick up on those little tiny little details, we'll put that in a review. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it's not, not, if it's not done correctly, they will tell you. Yes. Goodreads will always tell you. I'll do it very nicely. Others, not so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good thing to have just like consistency on the color of the eyes from, you know, chapter to chapter, book to book, but also book cover. Cause that's my thing too, by the way. And we'll Mm. talk about your book covers is that um, when the model is brunette or blondes and the hero <laughs> is black hair, but then you read the description and he has blonde hair and she's, you know, and you're going, yes, it's called Photoshop, babe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So as an author, how do you go about picking your book covers? Do you design them? Are you, do you have a graphic art designer? How do, what does that process look like for you for your book covers? I am artistically challenged. <laughs> I love that. And I wish I could do my own covers. I know several authors who do their own covers and they're gorgeous. And I'm just like, yeah, no, that's never happening. Um, My husband is a, like he went to school for graphic illustration, so he can totally do all of it. Um, But I just, he doesn't have, we hasn't worked on it enough where he's trying to do some book covers for me. And I'm just like, no, something's missing. No, something's missing. So, you know, you just go to somebody who knows what they're doing I'm a part of a bunch of cover uh, book groups on Facebook, and I see a lot of amazing, you know, covers that are photoshopped or not photoshopped, or even the artistic where it looks like they've almost been drawn, but they're realistic for fantasy. And when when I go into look, I don't know what I'm looking for until I see it. It's so it's. I feel so bad for cover artists who work with me because I'm like, I don't know. This is what I think I want. And I love these covers. So I always give comp covers in the genre. And I'm like, these are what I like. And I was wondering if we could do this here. And this, this is what they look like. And I need these, like a blonde guy with a brunette girl or, you know, brunette boy with a brunette girl. And it's like, it can be so difficult to find the right couple. So for the legend series, um, that was with uh, book cover by design. Kelly Dennis did those and they're beautiful and amazing. And they're six years old now. And I use the same 
uh, female model as the male model. And we just alternated, um, male girl, female, male, male, female, you know, we, that's not really alternating, but we alternated the book covers to have one. I'm currently in the process of getting them redone because they're not, they're not really on genre anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting them recovered and actually retitling the entire series. It's still going to be the same book inside, but I'm just giving them a different title to help with the branding now that I've learned about branding better. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So I'm now branding myself appropriately. And uh, I'm really, I have the first three. I need to get the last four done and I'm in love with them. They're fantastic. They look contemporary fantasy, paranormal. They look just amazing and I can't wait to get the rest done but I had a baby so medical bills kind of take precedent but also taking care of that baby <laughs> also taking care <laughs> they of don't take care of themselves seven, I mean seven month old yeah uh yeah I mean, that was doesn't that was really matter insane. at 19 doesn't count either sorry <laughs> yeah so that's kind of just what I do for book covers mm-hmm. I I have an idea of what I want but again, until I see it, I'm kind of just one of those people that's just like, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to, where it's easy for me to put things into words on paper, it's very hard for me to be like, design anything. It's, it doesn't compute. Like, I know what I want in my mind, but I know it's not going to come out well if I try to, you know, write it down or draw it out on paper. So I'm just like, this is what I'm thinking. And I put it into words and I give it to somebody else to kind of make it and spit it back out at me. So that's kind of my process. Good. Well, I think it's important to know our strengths and our areas of opportunity Um, because I don't believe in weaknesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, it's just, you know, when it comes down to some of these covers, I mean, at the end of the day, people say we don't judge it, but yes, we do. We judge the book by its cover. Absolutely. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And to me, it also kind of says if you're not willing to spend the money or the time and the effort to make that a good cover, I can only imagine how much the inside is going to be mirroring it. And and also because some of the stuff of these books are getting older, the, the older backlists are not getting revamped and people have learned about yes. branding. They have learned about, you know, the genre itself has shifted a little bit, you know, more neon pink or yellow blues, yep. like that, you know. Powerball. Like I remember everybody had a a couple years ago, it went from hot, hot shirtless guy yes. cover to apples uh objects. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh that's that's, that's I love the object object covers. So another thing I did that Sonono is I bought an entire five book set for my next series coming out four years ago, three years ago. And it was when objects were big. They're not big anymore. I can't use those covers anymore. Well, you, can, you <laughs> so could, it's like, could technically. You could. You could technically. But they don't, they don't even match the, the inside story anymore. Uh, it's like, oh, this has gone way to the left when I wanted to go right. So well, I was going to say you could like, use them on the inside, crazy. like on the back cover, like an exclusive yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. You know, listeners right. and readers do like kind of having that little bit extra in the books. And, mm-hmm. um, and that way you're still utilizing it because it is, I mean, the, the money spends, the ideas, all that. Oh, yeah. Stuff. And I was like, oh. I will never do that no. again until it's done and ready yeah. to be put into that 
box. But until then, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that anymore. No, because again, I mean, everything can change, especially the story itself. So yeah, yep. I mean, hmm, it was a contemporary. <laughs> now they're shifters. I mean, uh, <laughs> it is. It's exactly what happened. Actually, that is exactly what happened. I was like, something is missing. This is reading very, very much like it wants to go. Th- and a girlfriend of mine, um, she was like, you are a paranormal author and a fantasy author. Why are you writing, you know, this contemporary has, a his- it feels historical. And I was like, well, it's kind of historical. And she goes, what if you just made them all shifters? And I looked at it and I go, uh-huh. actually, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to rewrite the whole thing. And that is hopefully going to come out sometime in like 2023 because mm. I want to have the entire series ready to go before I um, release okay. it. Because I learned my lesson the first time around to have that second book at the ready and even the third book because this indie um, industry is so rapid. It's um, you got to be quick. Yeah. I mean, do they have cliffhangers or anything like that or that dun 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 kind of moment in between? They do. Uh, They do do sort of they do. Well, Legend did for sure. It was a seven book series and it was based on a legend of King Arthur. So it's like every ending was a cliffy. Um, But this one is everyone has their own book. Every sibling has their own book and it ends. But the family storyline continues. Mm. So you can read each one individually, but you'll get more out of it if you read them all in, in succession. Nice. Okay. Hear that folks start preparing your calendars. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. For 2023. 2023. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I like it when the authors are, especially if, so specifically if there's a cliffhanger going on definitely a back-to-back release or at least a week or something and i know that's coming and it's a set date oh yeah um if it's like what you were saying i'm okay with it having a couple of months in between but it does help with the marketing and also letting people know that this other stuff is coming and then kind of plan that out so we know that it is versus i'm sure you'll still get it because you'll get the emails so when is it when is it gonna be out when is it gonna be out when is it gonna be out when is it gonna be you know yep which is a nice <laughs> thing to get because it shows that you're being loved but uh at the same time right, you, going, but you don't want to lose that yes, interest yes exactly so i'm excited i do like it there's been one other series that i've read that reads like contemporary but is actually a, a paranormal as a shifter and mm-hmm. i like that because i can then use that series as an intro to someone that has not ever read pnr Exactly. And say, okay, well, it reads like a contemporary. This just happens to be a shifter. Um, right. So try this one and then let me know if you like shifters and stuff like that. So now I'll have a second series. Ease to them do into that. it. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes these paranormals, you know, can be kind of out there. I mean, we're, we're thinking shifters, we automatically think wolf. Well, there were some yes. like, bears and coyotes. And I think there was even a mm-hmm. squirrel once. I don't know. Oh, yes. There's so many. so many options, you know, so there, then there's the tigers, yes. the leopards. Uh, and stuff. Yes, exactly. All the felines and things like that and, and, and the hawks and, the you know, so mm-hmm. so many different options. So it's it's changed a lot in all these many years of no it longer has, just sure. werewolves. And yep, no more wool, not no longer wolves. We have lions, tigers, and bears. Right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> some people will get that reference, and I realize sometimes some people will not, not because of the whole, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're old, leave us Stop alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
So as a writer and also as a narrator, do you have a ritual that you do before sitting down at your desk to write or at the laptop to write and similar as far as narrator goes? Is it similar ritual? Is it completely different just to kind of get your mindset into stuff? If I'm doing an accent for the narration portion, I'll listen to a movie or clip on YouTube or uh, a TV show before I go into it. Um, For the writing, I just make sure I have all of my things (laughs) at the ready. Um, So it's like all my crazy colored pens and my plotting notebook and my notes and my series Bible and my my scene cards and stuff. And that's pretty much what I do. So do you write the book out first, like handwritten or like you see outline and then you go on to the... I do the outline and the the book Bible part of it all by hand. There's something that I lose creatively. I know it could go faster if I did it on the computer, but there's something I lose creatively from brain to, you know, pen or brain to computer. Like I lose it. So to me, I have to, I do have to write it out by hand and I wish I could use something. I have Scrivener on my computer. I've looked at it. It's beautiful. I can't use it because I have to have all of my notes in my hand. I'm like, when it comes to like journals or planners, stuff like that, I am a um, Niffler. I like to collect it. It's Niffler is that cute little platypus looking thing from Harry Potter. I was Potter. just about to ask. Thank it's you for, I'm like, I sounds thing. familiar, but help me out here. <laughs> it's the little, is the little thing that likes to collect oh, shiny yes, things yes, yes, from yes, Harry yes. Potter. <laughs> I am a Niffler when it comes to planner things and journals. So um, if I see a pretty planner or something like that in Barnes and Noble, I'm always like, or, or journal, I'm like, I'll just take that and use it. Now I'm actually forcing myself to use them because I always buy them and I just set them on a shelf to look at them. So we have all these empty journals and I'm really getting through them really fast because I've started to really work on my craft more and plot more and really ask myself the questions that I should be asking um, the characters like, why are you doing this? Um, what's your motivation? Why are you the villain? Like, do I, did I give you any motivation other than you're just a bad person? I'm just an asshole. Or you just, or you just, <laughs> yeah, just an ass. Or did you want, did you want something? You want something more than just this, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I have to do it by hand and then I get to typing. And then once that, that is outlined, I usually go pretty fast, like really fast. It's usually by that time my brain is like, okay, if we don't get these, ideas and scenes onto the paper, I'm going to explode. So that is how my process works. Nice. Thank you for giving me a name now as a Niffler because hoarding, yeah, Niffler. hoarding is just not the right one. Cause I'm like, that way no, I'm, I'm a Niffler. Yeah, I'm a Niffler. <laughs> um, I might have to get that on a t-shirt and a sticker. Yeah. Just leave me alone. I'm a yeah. Niffler. Don't judge Don't me. Judge, I'm a yeah. Niffler. <laughs> because I do the same thing with like the happy planners. I got a bunch of the sticker books and everything. I'm like, today I shall mm-hmm. get organized. Yeah, no. Yep. I have a bunch of the sticker books from Happy Planner and I use Erin Condren's planner. So it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we have a name now. It's official. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Team <Yeah>. Niffler. <laughs> because again, I mean, my husband's like, it sees me going down the line and he's like, um, you already have that book. And you're like, you don't even know which one I'm looking at. <laughs> it has a different cover. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Okay, well, so I will say that when it comes down to that, a series goes when you guys as authors bust out with a new, you know, cover style branding Mm -hmm. in the middle of the of the of the series. 
Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. They, I gotta buy the whole thing again and make mm-hmm. sure they're the right size because that's the other thing too. Paperback and master, you know. Master yes. That. Yeah, it's like all that fun stuff, and you're like, no, no, no. So, thankfully, I haven't have been experiencing that a whole lot, but um, <laughs> it can. It happen. does. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were talking about asking the characters these very important questions to help you write their story. Do um, mm-hmm. do they talk to you? A lot of authors say that they hear the voices and they're having these conversations. So I kind of wanted to see how it is with yeah my husband he always looks at me like i don't understand where you say how you call your characters like how they want to do things or like how they they're i'm like they're people to me like in my head they have stories to tell so usually i will come up characters will come to me first work i've always said that you know authors were kind of like mediums for creation um creativity or creative endeavors so i usually get characters that come first I'm like okay you're interesting tell me a little bit about yourself what do you want um and usually with them comes a plot idea or two and I'll sit on it and then I'll wait for a couple other plot ideas to kind of form together to create a little bit more of a complex plot because um you know you can have one really good idea for a plot but I kind of like to put a little bit more in there so it's not just a one note thing. And that's just my process. Um, I took a class from Brandon Sanderson who wrote the Stormlight Archive series, or he's writing it right now. He's a wonderful author and a wonderful teacher. And it's free on YouTube for anybody to want who wants to watch it. And he says, you know, it's really good to pick, say, something, if you're writing science fiction, something maybe, how can you um, connect the economics to superpowers and he has done so multiple times by for example his stormlight series their versions of their they have like jewels and they have these he tied it to economics and weather and superpowers so whenever the big storms come through it charges these gems and they glow but if you have these superpowers and you're able to harness it you can suck out the stormlight from these gems and use it to your abilities and that's a really cool connection that I've had a really hard time making in my brain and I finally made it I'm like okay let's take like basic things and make them really interesting or at least trying to connect certain plot points so that they they don't run into each other because I've read books where plots run into each other and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. It seems like the author either didn't flesh it out enough or they, it just seems at the very end ends abruptly. And you're like, what, how did that happen? Or that doesn't work. So for me, it's like, I really want to make sure that I don't do that to my readers and give them whiplash. And yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes down <laughs> and the you know the characters they talk I free write um a lot of my characters if I don't know them that well I'll do free writing sessions and I always pick on myself <laughs> I was like I'm gonna go scry <laughs> I love it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Eric's like oh you got a new character you gotta figure out I'm like yep you gotta go scry um so I do that and recently I've gotten a idea for science fiction that is plot driven first Hmm. so that was very strange for me the plot came first the ideas multiple ideas came at me first for this trilogy and I'm 
I have the main character, but I didn't know anything about them or her adversaries or anything. So I was like, how, how? So I basically had to really free write that and ask questions like, okay, if this happens, what do you want? What are your motivations? What are your goals? What are you conflicted with? So you really have to kind of build that way. So usually I get characters first, but I've been thrown a loop and gotten plots first and adventures first, <laughs> which is really hard for me because I, I am a character driven writer. Um, so it's really interesting to have a plot base first for a science, for, especially for science fiction, because that's way out of my, uh, I love it. It's my guilty pleasure, but, and I've always wanted to write one, but it's like, okay, you've given me science fiction fantasy-esque type and how the hell am I going to write this? With everything else that I have to write. As so, a character sits in the background going, <laughs> that's what happened with legend is that's what happened with legend was uh, the Avalon, the main character were just kept sitting in the back of my head going, you have to write me, you have to write me, you have to write me. And finally just, he just got so annoying where I was like, fine, I will write your stupid story. But I fell in love with it. So it wasn't that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> do they gloat afterwards? He told you. <laughs> yeah. They, they do. do yeah. They do. Yeah. Especially happens after sex scenes. I'm like, oh, you got exactly what you wanted, didn't mm. you? And they're like, yep. I was like, I didn't see that coming. That wasn't supposed to be a sex scene, just so you know. And they're like, oh, I know. <laughs> we know. I'm like, mm hmm. Or the times where you can't get them out of the bedroom and you're like, guys, we have a story. You can't just sit in the bedroom all day. Get out, do something. Yeah. As long as they don't bust out with it's a mental health day, then you, you know, because then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, and I've had those days where they go away, and you're like, "Hey, where'd you go? Like, come back." And they're like, "No, we don't want to. We don't. You know, the the inspiration isn't there." And usually, that's when I have to go watch P.S. I Love You. It's a very strange thing. It's kind of sad movie. I have to watch P.S. I Love You to refill my creative well. Don't know why. I just love her her whole journey of learning to do shoes. <laughs> through, through losing her husband, which is really dark and morbid, but I love that movie. There's something about that movie. And the book is really, really great too. Nice. Um, and I think part of the reason why I love it so much is the the girl who wrote it was 21 and she had just graduated from university and she had no idea what she was going to do. Oh, wow. And she, she wrote it and yeah, she got it published. I can, I can totally picture you at your writing desk, having these questions and these conversations and having your kid at the door, just staring at you. Like what are you, and then having your oh, yeah. husband walk by, it's okay, honey, your mommy's writing and just take mm -hmm. them away. <laughs> That's what it's going to be like. That's what it's going to be like. Does she know they're not real daddy? <laughs> <laughs> right mommy has a lot of imaginary friends yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. As, i have i don't have any yeah well only unless they want to mess with you and just say yeah i know you know that that guy that's standing next to you <laughs> yeah yeah that that would require a little bit more than uh that that, that would be like excuse you what did you just yeah. say <laughs> time for a class yeah <laughs> like, <"Nope."> <laughs> <laughs> well they do say sometimes the kids say the darnest things so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, you kind of touched base a little bit on the accent work. And we as listeners are always suckers for an accent and it doesn't really matter oh, yes. what it is. But do you have a favorite one to perform? Oh, yeah. I love British. It's so much fun. My family is from Scotland and a lot of them moved to England after World War II or were in England for World War II because of the, just the war effort. And both my grandparents were in um, the 
Royal Army. And uh, <laughs> I've always been used to it. I've grown up around it. I grew up in upstate New York. So we had um, Canadian broadcasting, PBS. We got a lot of British television, which is very different than American broadcasting. Let me tell you yes, that. Yes, no, no, yeah, I know. Uh, it's very dry and it's funny, but you got to have the right like humor. You have to understand it to get the humor. Um, but yeah, I, I've always loved British. I've always been fascinated by England and the history of England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, Northern Ireland, that sort of thing. So, um, I'm definitely an Angliophile <laughs> for sure. I love everything, Royal family, all of that stuff. Um, I follow it pretty closely too. And yeah, I just, it's my favorite. I think my favorite one that my husband does, he does amazing Scottish and he does amazing Russian. Mm. Yes. And I'm like, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not to get too- for me, my favorite is British. So not to get too personal or anything, but when you're mad at him, does he pop any of those accents out? To try yes, to- he does. Oh, yes, he does. It's it's the perks of being a voice actor, and he's very very good at being. He's better at dialects than I am. Um, so yeah, but British would be my favorite. I can I can slide in. And when I did when I auditioned for Indebted series, Pepper Winters thought I was natural. I was like native British, and I was when I talked to her over uh, Skype. She's like, "Oh, you're not British." And I was like, "No, I'm American." Well, the first time I listened to one of your books, you were doing a British accent, and. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, her British is so good. I mean, like, she's British and stuff. But I honestly thought you were born and raised there. And then yeah, I find out that's, that it's see, like, that's what I, a big compliment for me, because I'm like, if I can fool people thinking that I'm from mm-hmm. there, then it works. And I do get booked more for my British than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just really good. And I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's when you have it and you and you can do it, because that's the other thing, too, since, again, with any kind of accents. I mean, you living in Texas, you can hear the difference mm-hmm. in accents when it comes down to us, yes. a northern Texas versus a southern Texan, but also the difference between a Texans and a southern accent if you're from Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. or anything like that. And so, and there's a difference between East Tennessee, West Tennessee. There's a difference between Atlanta, Georgia, and Charleston. Yep. And there's a difference in Alabama versus Louisiana. So, and then there's. <laughs> And then there is like deep Louisiana. Um, So yeah, those ones are always fun when people are like, I just want a Southern accent. I'm like, where are we living? Mm -hmm. Where are we from? Because there's difference. Cause I've lived in Tennessee and I've been lived in Tennessee. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in North Carolina and I've been to Virginia and for a while. And I did live in Kentucky for a few years. So I've kind of been all over the place in the South and they are very different. Um, so when people are like, I just want a Southern accent. It's like, where are we? Where are <laughs> yeah. we Where's the, I, I need a little bit more. more. Yeah. Because people will tell, you know, and again, it goes right back to that whole level of detail. And, and it, when it even comes down to the British accent, there's going to be someone mm-hmm. inevitably that is from England and say, well, he said that he was from this place, but that doesn't really sound like that. And you're going, yeah, he's, you said he was from Manchester, but you gave him a London accent. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't work. work yeah. Or Liverpool versus Estuary or Yorkshire. It's very, it, there's a whole, there's a whole swath of yeah. dialects for British. No. Um, and people will pick up on it. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's why I always say sometimes it's sometimes a good idea just to say, oh, he's traveled a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's just, he's well versed, you know, or like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's from a place where the accents are kind of weird. And so there isn't anything specific, you know, like, like with mine, yeah. they're like, you have something. I go, no, I know I have something. Um, but <laughs> let's not go there. But what it is, you don't, don't know. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I do have like a bit of an accent, but it's not anything. It's because I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're the South, but we're not <laughs> anywhere. Country. Yeah. So, but if you are, if you're in Kissimmee, Florida, which is by a, like a smaller city by Orlando, they get Southern. Like they get like, mm, Oh yeah. I've heard more Southern, like deep Southern accents in Florida than I have anywhere else. And it was just shocking. And I was like, I thought this is where all of the New Yorkers retired. No, that's Naples um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Daytona beach. <laughs> It's like, where are my people? Yeah. Like <laughs> in their retirement communities, like by the beach. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But if you get in the, you know, we have all different types of things here in Florida, all sorts yeah. of things. Um, <laughs> but that's the accent stuff that's important, especially now when we're going globally now with, you know, yes. British and Scottish, but also South African is a popular one, Australian um you know yep. south american accents and stuff like that and you're like no not all of us sound the same there are a few that i won't touch um australian is fine i've done a couple of characters who were uh were african so they speak like more african um and that is a very interesting accent and it takes a while to get your tongue around it cuz they do have different vowels and i will not do asian because I don't do it well. And I just feel like you could find somebody from there as a narrator oh, yeah. who has it naturally. You don't have to put it on, especially from Japan um, with their diction between they don't have L's. So their R's or where they don't have R's or they don't have L's, one of the two. <laughs> so it's very hard to know what to hit where. And I just refuse to do Asian accents um, or, you know, uh, like African accents, like from Africa. I'm like, nope, you can find somebody for those because that that just seems like, nope, nope not right. Nope. Not for me. <laughs> Once again, it's about being true to the accents and the area exactly. and, and paying, on, you know, you know, honor versus making it a character exactly you don't want to you don't want to ever do a character of of anybody so it's like to me i'm just like ah, no can't do no. that one Mm-mm. no but i mean it's also funny too because there's also moments where you have an, an actor that is from that place like yes it was uh, gary furlong got a review saying his irish accent is not good he's like i'm from fucking ireland <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I think Shane East is another one that's we see, see, seen a similar review about his British accent mm-hmm. not being quite on point. And I'm going, he's from England. Um, yeah, so yeah, everybody has an opinion. You know what they say. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. We everybody has yes, them. We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but it's always I, those. Those are the ones that I always find like color. Like, do you not know? Okay, whatever. I'm like, you yeah. must. Are you new? Yeah, that's what I was always messing with, Gary. I'm like, you must be yeah, new. I'm like, Gary, you just gotta put the Irish more out there. <laughs> that's so crazy. Like they're just though. used to the lucky charms. <laughs> like, oh. Oh my gosh! Like, Seriously, no. it's like no, they don't all like talk that. like cartoon leprechauns yes, exactly. in Ireland. They don't at all. I know, yeah, but again, that's just uh, 
um, sometimes the small world that we live in here in the States is uh, kind of sad. It is. It really, <laughs> it really is. is. Yeah. Um, so when it, again, back to the accents real quick, when it comes down to the writing, do you like giving your characters or maybe they already come this way with a particular accent or that's different for you? Um, it's really funny because for what I've been working on for the last several years, they've all come from the UK. I have a family right now who's in the mix that's Russian. And then I have a family that's in the mix that's Irish. So um, all of my stories so far are based in the UK, except for the contemporaries, the novellas that I do write, they're based here in the US. So it just kind of depends on where they come from. Um, I do play D&D, so I love experimenting with accents. Yes, I'm a professional nerd. So I love playing with different accents and seeing if I, in my fantasies or science fictions, I can put different accents in there from different places just to give it a little bit of flavor. Oh, geez. You and your hubby would probably be fun to play games with like that with a voice. We are. <laughs> yeah. We, we, uh, before I gave birth, we actually wrapped, um, the first huge leg of our, of a campaign we were working on for two years. Oh, wow. So and it was so much fun and we can't wait to get back to it. Um, but yeah, when you have a kid, things. Yeah. Uh, man, they always say, have a kid. It'll be fun. They say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you should try it. It is. It's, it's great. It's really great. We're only having the one. So it's, it's really great. We're only having the one and we're done. And, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been really awesome, but yeah, it's, it, the work-life balance is so crazy now. Yeah. It, it is very interesting. I always, when people are like, Oh yeah, I want to have a kid. I go get a dog first. Um, <laughs> we had three cats. Uh, see, that doesn't count. <laughs> the cats are like independent. They, you know, they, they know. don't need you. They, they show you that you might be wanted if depending on the cat, mm-hmm. um, minds have always been very lovey dovey and affectionate. So I've been very, ours are too and things like that, but they're still very independent. I mean, they could go for hours. Like if, you know, sometimes in those moments where like, crap, did we feed the cats? They will let you know, mm-hmm. they will let you know, no, you have not. But yes. other than that, you're like, kitties, where are you? <laughs> Yeah, a dog. They're doing their own yeah, thing. A dog will had just finished eating, and then see you snacking and say, "You're gonna share." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. I grew up with dogs, yeah. so it was like. And the kids do that. I mean, my kid the other day, it was last night. I was having leftovers from the the cheesecake factory. Oh, and oh well, no wonder. <laughs> and, and he comes to that. He sits next to me, and he goes, "Hi, mommy." And I'm like, <laughs> "That's the tone, and that's the that's the nickname." Yep. And I'm going, "Hmm." He goes, what you got there? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, food, because I'm the sarcastic yep. person. And and he goes, what is it? And I said, well, it's orange chicken from the Cheesecake Factory. And he goes, looks interesting. And I'm going, would you like to try <laughs> some? He goes, don't mind if I do. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I'm telling you, that's 19, honey. That's 19. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, mine, mine is seven and a half months. So he's got the, uh, what are you putting in your mouth face? And can I reach the bowl? And can I have some? Like he wants whatever you're putting in your mouth. You're like, no, babe, 
you got to get teeth first. Yeah, yeah. But they're also at that age too, where they, they grab their own food and then they'll try to stuff it in your yep. mouth and you're going, no, I have taste buds. <laughs> yep. 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 You're like, I don't need this. This is not cool. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Pureed prunes are not my idea of fun on a Monday morning. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Kids are great. They're a handful and they're definitely adjustments and things change. Some for the better, mm-hmm. some for the, hmm, okay, but maybe when they're mm-hmm. 19 or 18 or 25 and they move out. Um, yeah. <laughs> though I've been told I'm not allowed to change anything in his room, regardless of when he moves out. And I'm like, dude, my house. Uh, yeah, my house, my room. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, mm, we'll see. I'm like, okay. All right. Anyways, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's always fun when you are the creative type and you have all these things and and the kids, like I said, I already see, you know, them kind of looking at you like mm-hmm. imaginary friends again, mom. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I have a mom. has lots of friends. Just leave me alone. Go play with yours. Yep. Are you working on an accent um, or you're hoping to travel somewhere, mom? <laughs> yeah, right. Are we going somewhere? That's going to be your next question. Watch. When are we going? <laughs> <laughs> So I can practice too. No, um, <laughs> that would be fun. Like, why does your mom have an accent? And like, oh, you just caught her before she went into the booth. Love fun right? scenarios. But anyways, um, the genre that you've been saying that you've written in so far, like paranormal and fantasy and contemporary romance, is there a subgenre that you have yet to write in that you'd like to? Well, there's a couple. Um, I definitely want to do science fiction. I love sci-fi and I love high fantasy. Um, but probably a subgenre would be like a Regency. Mm. Regency would be a guilty pleasure, I think. Just to be able, like Bridgerton. Oh, <laughs> goals. Goals. <laughs> Julia Quinn. Ah, <laughs> but yeah, probably Regency or, or, or Highlanders. Ooh. One of the two. Yeah. Nice. I really, really like my historicals. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, those would have to be the two. Okay. Nice. So you've been narrating some of your own books, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did you find that process to be interesting as far as, because I, I know that you, when you do something as an artist, you then are hope, hypercritical of yourselves, you know, but oh, yeah. as a, as an author, once it's written, it's done, you know, yes, you can go back and edit it a thousand times once over, depending on what it's, but usually it's done, it's done. But now mm-hmm. you're going to get in the booth and you're going to have to read it out yeah. loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, my process of editing also includes listening to it back on like this computer guy named David. I think his name is or Daniel. He's the British guy. Um, I use a app on my computer that's like reads it back mm-hmm. to me. And so I, li- I get to hear it back at least one or two two times between edits and beta readers and stuff like that. But of course, when I go in and read it, I'll read things and be like, Oh my gosh, I really said that. <laughs> oh, that's so cliche. Why? You were so young. And I have to remember <laughs> that um, it's been six years or five. Yeah. Six years since I published the first one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I learned, I grew as I wrote this series. So I know how to do the next one better and not make those mistakes so it is really challenging to be like oh my gosh why why did I do this I don't want to even read this out loud but um you have to and um 
yeah, you just learn and you just learn going forward from your mistakes and you just grow as a writer. Um, and I think read, reading it back can be kind of like, okay, I started from here and now I'm here. We've made progress. <laughs> <laughs> so y- you know that there is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know that even from myself, I, I would always cringe just listening to like the intro that I used to have to do for the podcast. Hence why I hired oh, yeah. someone else to do it for me. And people yes. only have to listen to me talk to you guys no longer doing the intro and the extra. <laughs> um, because it was just for me, it was just I'm hypercritical of myself as we all are of ourselves and with ourselves. And so that's always, always kind of fascinating when the author is also the narrator of that same book. Mm-hmm. And you're going, hmm. Oh, okay. Hopefully she had a good day. <laughs> yep. You know? Yep. Because I can only imagine. It's like, why? Yeah. Like you were saying, why did I say it that way? Yeah. Why did I say it that way? Oh, yes. We're going to p- just pretend it's like the first time we were ever reading this at all. <laughs> Mentally, <laughs> even though I up. wrote it. <laughs> and I thought about doing like a pen name for, as an author, for like my narrator name making a pen narrator name for doing my own books i was like i don't care (laughs) it's fine fine. people know i'm a narrator it's okay yeah well i think it's it's um it benefits sometimes a lot of people will say that there are pros and cons to everything including that there are but at the same time i'm kind of like i kind of like it when i have clear transparency that you as a per individual are both the narrator and also the uh, an author because then I'm like, well, I love how she narrates. Let me check out her books. Or I've read her books. Let me check out her narration. And so I have that more connection versus a first-time listener, first-time read with no information. Yeah. It can help. It can help. Yeah. Because we get we get hooked on, you know, part of that performance. And then we follow you guys. And it doesn't matter if you read the phone book or a high region or yeah. anything. And then we're going, but Kaylee's narrating it. Of course I'm going to buy it. Um, and yep. stuff like that. Um, and the same thing with the authors, we have auto buy authors that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is that they're, I don't care. One yep, clicks. Exactly. And they're like, but they didn't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. But you've never read that. I don't care. So it goes back to that. And so I think that when it comes down to having that straddling both worlds, it's always kind of mm-hmm. kind of interesting and fun to be like, oh, they do both awesome. And now sometimes people can mm-hmm. be like, oh, but they're narrating their own book. I'm like, yeah, but this is different than a memoir. Yeah, you know, I think that would be a little bit more awkward. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do narration for it. Yeah. It's like, it'll be fine, mm-hmm. guys. It'll be fine. Just trust yeah, me. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too. Sometimes we're going, we love the author, but... Mm. On that podcast with Dave, not so <laughs> right, you know, or we heard this and like, oh, how could we? Because you guys do bring that extra layer of something to the story. The story yes. has to, from from the very beginning, has to have good bones to begin with. Yes, and the narrator's job is to just bring it and buff it almost, you know. Yeah, bring it, to, bring it life. to life, buffer it, make it more shiny and stuff like that. And when that narrator can't do that because the bones are not there or there's a different style of narrating because again, those, there are those that just read you the book and that's it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And there's other ones that go off full out and perform it with swords and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, we all like different things. And so I think that that's sometimes people may be a little bit weary, but I'm like, no, no, she, 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 she's been narrating for a while. Just listen, go listen. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Trust me. She's good. 
but yeah, it's fun. As a writer, do you have a favorite type of scene to write? Like the banter or the sex scenes? Because I also know that sometimes- I love the banter. Yeah. Okay. I love the banter and I love the world building aspects of it. Mm. So I have a hard time telling and not showing. Ah, yeah. And I have to pull back on that, but I love banter and I love the slow burn. Those are my favorite parts to write. Because I feel like once I get to sex, I'm like, oh man, we can't slow burn anymore. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's just that 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 level of the it's not so much angst, but it's that build it's up. Anticipation. Yeah, the build up. You know, will they it's like, they? oh, when are they gonna do yeah. it? Yeah. You know, um, but also like it's just uh it's like the the locations and what's going on in the area and stuff like that. It's uh, mm-hmm. I'm fine with slow burns. I know some people don't like them, but I'm okay with them. Yeah, I love slow burns. I probably love doing the banter and the, uh, yeah, definitely the world building. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Well, the banter is important. I, mean, I think that's too where sometimes I'm more of a, um, I prefer, like, I prefer dual narration versus solo unless the narrator can, like, really rock my world for all sides. Mm-hmm. But also the duets are really good because of when there's that good banter, it's kind of hard yes. to interrupt yourself. Yes, it really, <laughs> really is uh so when it comes down to the, having that good banter sometimes i'm going mm, duets please mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be so good yeah. but, i agree yeah, it helps have you been doing um i know that you've done some duets i think oh yeah, yeah. do you prefer that style or i i love all i love i love all of it um i really do like duet though because it saves my voice from having to do the male voices <laughs> <laughs> um because if i do the male voices i've got to get up at like early in the morning to get my man voice on. Mm. So that's usually when, if I'm doing a solo book or a duel, I will um, get up earlier and do like the male portions first. If I'm doing a solo, I'll do the male chapters first. Or if I'm doing dual, I'll make sure that, you know, if it's a pretty heavy male chapter, I'll focus on that, those ones first because that's, it helps me lower my register. Because if, if I don't, it just sounds like, I'm trying to be a 12 year old boy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about but that. But I really like, I love duet because it's more of a, it's more of like an audio play. And I really like that. I, I love podcast dramas. So um, like radio dramas and podcast dramas are really awesome. And I really enjoy those. So um, I've always actually wanted to write a podcast drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I just like the back and forth and the flavor that you get with the different. That's why I really like being, I love multicasting. Um, it's so much fun because you get this cast of characters and everybody is different. So it's, it's really great. Yeah. I mean, again, the difference, whether being brought into that, because I mean, there's a lot of you guys that do the opposite sex really well, specifically the, mm-hmm. the, some of the, female narrators i'm like i have to remind myself a i don't play for that team but b my god they're guy voices oh they're good they're so yeah good. i don't have the best guy voice i i will admit i do not have the best guy voice but um i do appreciate i do appreciate it when they can do it well and there's a narrator joel frumkin he's a british narrator he can do a female voice like what <laughs> it's a, he's amazing i'm just like oh my goodness okay huh. so check him out because sometimes yep. they, the, the guys I know, especially with their deeper range, it's a little more difficult. And sometimes mm-hmm. they go about it and like, listen, I, I know that they're out. Some of them, there are people out there, but not all of us sound like Valley girls. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Yes. The stereotype. Yeah. Gotta love mm-hmm. it. I'm like, no, Barbie girl, we're not. No. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, so it's always good to have that. I, again, duets, there's also a lot of other things in the background that I know it's more expensive. There's more editing involved. Yes, it is. And stuff like that. But especially if you're doing a book with a lot of different characters with really good banter, that's something to consider. Is that? Yes, I would highly, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the two. What about narrating? Do you have a particular type of scene? Is it like almost the same thing? Like when that banter hits the play into it, as far as narrating it? Yeah, I, I, I do. I like the banter. Um, I giggle a lot during sex scenes because <laughs> I'm just a child. And <laughs> um, I, I sometimes giggle because if I go in and it's a sex scene and I fill in, say for like my husband, if he's read before me and I go in to fill in for the duet, <gasps> I'll giggle because it's like narrating with my husband is hysterical with that. <laughs> um, we've gotten comments like, oh, they're married. And it seems like it's so real. I'm like, yeah, trust me. That's, that's not real. That's all <laughs> acting. <laughs> like, oh God. like, nope, not happening there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I do like the banter back and forth. So a little bit behind the scene info here from, from you, as far as narrating with someone in this case, your husband, when it comes down mm-hmm. to doing that part, even though he already recorded, do you do you have fun with his voice in your head? Like, like if he sounds like this, does he do, you know, like, do you make, you know, is that one of the reasons why you giggle sometimes as far as like, do you have fun with that? Cause I know I would be messing if it was my husband. Be like, oh, there you sometimes, go. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's funny. You would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like, but, but the tones, yeah. you know, the, the, cause they all have oh, tones yeah, yeah. and they like, all have voices. When he does like the biker, the biker books where it's like growly, mm-hmm. gravelly. It's like, Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> but then you don't, you don't sound like that normally. Mm-hmm. And then of course he'll come out of the booth being like, my throat is ripped. No, I can't talk the rest of the day. Just ask me yes or no questions. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll know what you worked on. Um, but yeah, no, it's just funny. Mm-hmm. And then of course, sometimes he does a lot of the post-production. So we'll leave sometimes bloopers in to pull out. Uh, we used to do them a lot more, but, um, some of the stuff that just cracks us up. I mean, there's a majillion ways to describe a penis and my goodness, I have heard it all. <laughs> and so is he, and we just like, just when we think we've heard it all somebody will come up with something different that we have never heard. And it just cracks us up. Cause we'll have to be like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Like, it doesn't even look inviting. Like, no. Oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah. I can only imagine. There's been some, I'm going, Ooh, okay. That's different. Okay. Yep. But so you guys, you know, you mentioned uh, keeping the bloopers and stuff. Have you been sharing them? I we used we do share them from time to time. I have a on my Eros audio page. I have a couple of clips going back a ways where we have a couple of good um, a couple of good blooper reels. But um, we don't really do that much anymore because it's just become we were so busy. We just have to get through it, so we just have to cut those really fast, and we don't always keep them. Yeah, the punch roll system, as good as it is, man, it sucks for bloopers. You know, uh-huh. yeah, and really we does. love bloopers as listeners because you oh, know, yeah, it's, no. it's so funny because you guys, again, we get the finished product and everything's perfect, but then to hear you guys get stuck on a word or the this description just makes you completely lose it and laugh. Yeah, those are always fun. We love it. Yeah. So, but I know it's damn it, punch and roll system. 
you think that we would have something better to be able to do it and keep it, but no, it's okay. Right. They'll figure it out. They'll do it one day, you know, but not only are you an author and a narrator and a small business owner, because that's what a narrator is. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes people don't get that. Um, small business owner, a mom, a wife, um, a human being that's fantastic and awesome. You also do some serials in your YouTube channels that you're doing to educate yes. authors and, and other, you know, other realms and stuff like that you're doing right now. You have the audiobook session one overview. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yep. So back before the virus that shall not be named <laughs> happened, um, we were planning to do an audiobook class where we are down here in Dallas for with area and we were able to do one and it went amazing. And they were three, three hour sessions. And the people that we had, it was a small group because we wanted to be able to focus on people and actually work with people in the booth and direct them and give them good feedback and teach them a little bit more than just uh, a tutorial on how to work with certain software. It was really great. But still, we didn't, I didn't feel like we had enough time. So I decided this year I wanted to kind of create a resource for authors and narrators if people were thinking about getting into it or if authors were looking to narrate. Because I have heard some authors or indie authors are thinking about, you know, everything that we do as an indie author, it can be expensive and audio is just another expense. So why not me read it? So some authors have been like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing my audio on their author tube channels. They've been like, yeah, I'm thinking about reading my own audio book. I don't know where to start. And for some authors who don't even, who haven't even thought about audio, they think it's this daunting thing. And it's really not, it's pretty streamlined. It's pretty easy to follow. Um, So I wanted to make a resource for authors and narrators and authors who wanted to narrate alike to come and just get some basic info for free. Um, you don't have to pay anybody for it. It's not behind a paywall. And because I had a lot of people helping me when I first started out, um, people just kind of paid it forward for me in the, uh, writing world. And I was, I was like, yeah, then, um, yeah, I want to do the same. So that is running right now on my YouTube channel. And then I'm just an author too, where like I document my process. It's more of a documentation process for myself than anything else, just to have a place where I can go back and hopefully one day when I'm a New York Times bestseller, um, look back and be like, oh yeah, that's when I wrote that stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> or when I thought that would be a great idea. But um, but no, it's been fun and it keeps me creative and it's just a little little channel that just keeps me going. And allows me to kind of share my journey with other people. But I really wanted to do the audiobook sessions um, to introduce people to the process that might not know about it or kind of explain like, this is work as a narrator. Like, it's not just I read the book and it's done. There's a lot of post-production that goes into it. And a lot of, a lot of time goes into these things. So especially when you're the narrator and you're also the producer on the book, you don't have a production company to work with. I do work with production companies, but sometimes I don't, I just do everything ourselves in house. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of time spent. 
Yeah, sometimes people don't realize just how much time and effort goes into making this uh, these audiobooks. And that's yeah. not even to discuss the money aspect of things. Exactly. And that kind of it, it kind of helps explain what why audiobooks are expensive or can be expensive. Um, because it's all about getting what you pay for. Um, just like with your marketing budget, you need an audiobook budget. Um so yeah, that's that's why I want I wanted to create it for a resource. And I know that other narrators and their production companies might do it differently than I do. So it's just my take on the industry, but it's just one of many out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many resources. I know that a lot of times people will come to you guys as narrators and say, Hey, I've been told I have a good voice. Where do I start? And I'm like, it's called Google. Uh, and I know it can be daunting and there's, but that's also because there's just so much information out there. Sometimes you just want to sit down and have someone tell you. So when I, when exactly. you said you sure that you were having this series this morning, I watched the episode that you have up mm-hmm. and I was like, no, oh, this is perfect because now I feel like I can, if anybody comes to me, aside from me going, Google it, I can say, look, Kylie yep. has this episode. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's, here, here you go. go. Yes. One, one on one. Yes, exactly. Well, we've as a voiceover artist too, um, we always get asked, I've been told I can do impressions and I have a good impression voice. It's like, well, and auto, you know, anime voiceover, um, commercial gaming, all of those. It's not about, can you do an impersonation? It's about, can you act? You really have to be an actor first in VO work. Um, like I said, whether it be in animation or video games, commercials, anything industrial, those types of contract work stuff, because it's also what we do down here. And people are always wanting that information. And it's like, well, you really have to be an actor first. Narration is a little different where you can get away with not being so much of an actor, but it's definitely something that you want to think long and hard and be honest with yourself about. Um, do I read out loud? Well, um, and one of the things that people always found find so shocking to themselves when you first start doing anything audio, hearing yourself back in your headphones is cringeworthy. Hearing your voice back takes a while to get used to. And it takes you a while to get, you know, acquainted with your voice and that narrating voice versus the dialogue voice. And it's definitely an interesting, uh, a different, it's a different VO avenue, but it's definitely one of the more interesting, I would have to say. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's just so much, you know, the. There's, a, there's lot. a lot to learn. And it's, you know, from a, from a narrator's perspective, wanting to get into this gig and then on the author side, trying to justify the costs mm-hmm. and the voices. And then because they think if they hire, you know, um, fill in the blank actor, you know, who's British, yeah, their, their books are going to sell. I'm like, well, no, he has a good voice. And yes, he'll his name will bring you some cash. But at the end of the day, how many other narrators are out there that, you know, people like? And so... It's just, uh, there's just a lot. And I love the fact, yeah, that you have this resource now that, you know, authors and narrators, but even listeners can kind of get, because we, you know, as listeners, sometimes I've seen it. I don't understand why audiobooks are so expensive, you know, and I'm going, well, let me tell you. (laughs) 
Yeah, because it, we might have a, you might have a six hour audio book, but that audio book has taken more than six hours to record, more than six hours to edit down, and more than six hours to proof because you have to stop and you have to make your edits and your notes. And then the narrator has to get it back and make those oh, edits. Yeah. So it's a yeah. process. It really yeah. is. And some people don't stop to think about that. Even like with this podcast, I have to, after we're done talking, I have to now thank God I can send it to my editor. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but before for every hour of audio that I had, and usually the episodes oh, yeah. don't run more than an hour and a half at max. Cause you know, also I get tired of listening to my own voice. I could keep you guys <laughs> talking forever, but I'm like, Oh, that's right. You have a life to get back to. Um, <laughs> but it's like for every hour, even half an hour, it's almost a full hour, hour and a half of editing just to make sure that the click or the tick is not there, or if there's a background noise that I can edit and then make sure that the flow is the right way. And do mm -hmm. we really want to keep what she just said? <laughs> you know, yeah. Or, Viviana, why are you rambling on and on and on and on? So <laughs> it's just those things that it, it takes time and that's time that you're yeah. not working on something else to bring you cash. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. So that's, yep. that's where there's so much. So I love the fact that you're doing the series and that you're bringing education and knowledge to the world and also appreciation for the work yeah because it's a lot of work yeah I think yeah it is it's a it's a lot of work mm -hmm. and um but it's really rewarding because I get to work with authors that I never thought I would ever mm -hmm. even get to talk to and it's created a lot of really good working relationships that I'm really thankful mm -hmm. for yeah that's good I mean it's a great community overall it is it really mm -hmm. is I mean, there's always like with anything, grass is always greener, not always green on the other side. You oh, know, yeah. There's always yeah. going to be something, but you know, there's yeah. something. But overall, it's a really good community that uh, with, uh, with great individuals and many that like to help each other out. And so having someone else provide another resource is also great. So thank you for doing that. And um, I will oh, be including that information in the landing page. So people can go check it out and reference it for awesome. later. So that's fun. But on top of all this too, that you're doing, it's not like you're done because wait, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> yes. Such a millennial. Uh, <laughs> I know. Such a little entrepreneur. I know. It's like you can't stop. So you have the voice acting. We have the writing. We have the YouTube. And now we also have stickers. You are yeah. the proud owner of Hummingbird Sticker Company, which you can find on Etsy. I will give you guys the link. She makes really cute stickers for planners. Yes, because I'm a planner junkie. I got sick and tired of having to buy my own. Because, <laughs> you know, Nibbler. <laughs> Nibbler. Yeah. I, I do still buy Happy Planner stickers, and I do still buy other Etsy stickers. Sometimes if I find, like, a, a format that I really, really enjoy – but for the most part, I make my own now. And by me, I mean my graphic designer husband. So I will come up with the color palette and the idea and kind of give an outline of what I want. And he takes it and runs with it and creates it. And then we put it up on Etsy and yeah, I run, I run the Etsy and uh, yeah, it's um, pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Where'd you get the name from Hummingbird? I love it. A, it's the name of our LLC. So our LLC is Hummingbird Press and Entertainment LLC. We covered everything from publishing to our acting on there. Nice. Um, and I just love hummingbirds. They're my favorite bird. Uh, I always used to see them up in New York on my grandmother's porch. She would always have hummingbird feeders out mm -hmm. and 
And then when I moved, when we moved to our new house, my dad has finally finished our built-in back porch, which is screened in. And now we have the hummingbirds and she's since passed and isn't there anymore. So they come over to our house now. <laughs> so, um, I just love them. They're so cute and they work really hard. Yeah, they do kind of like <laughs> you. They have to keep move. Yeah, they have to keep moving in order to survive. <laughs> um, literally, or their little hearts will explode if they don't move. That they don't have it above a certain level. I kind of call them my little crank birds. Like if you've ever seen the movie Crank, or and it's about the guy who gets this like deadly cocktail injected into his mm, veins. Yes. He has to keep moving. He has to keep. It's like speed for your yes, heart. Yes. The movies. Yes. You have to keep above a certain heartbeat or speed. And, um, they do the same thing. So if they don't, they die. And, um, I just love them. They're so cute. And I, I just, I just wanted something that reminded me of them and home and like good stuff. And so I decided on hummingbird and the logo is super easy with the hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. So it's all cute. It's all pretty. It's all yeah, cute. I know when you first came up with the stickers, I was like, Oh, awesome. Yeah, we made um the first ones we made, I think, were were four writers. It was a writer pack, and we made a couple of different versions of that. And then we did the um audio pack. So for people who are in the pot like audio podcasters or or beta listeners, proofers, or you're a narrator, stuff like that, or you're an author and you have like the stickers to put on your planner to be like, oh. Today I have to do such and such with audio. Yeah, because they never so have any of that much- stuff. I'm like, I think I bought like two or three books when uh, Happy Planner came out with the uh, bookish, weird book lover kind of uh, sets. Because I was like, ah, oh, hello. Um, because that's what all I do for my planner is figure out, you know, when to do what for work or listening and blog and podcast and stuff like that. But they never have things like that. So I was always having to adjust. And so I was yes. thrilled when I saw yours. I'm like, yes, someone gets it. Someone gets me. Yep. We made like the audio pack and everything and it has like the TBR and everything. And um, yeah, so we're just adding slowly as we go. We're doing more themed ones. I think actually my husband is currently working on our Christmas outlines right now out there with the little ones. So that's what he was working on today. Cause again, he's the graphics designer. I just come up with the ideas and I write down the outline of what I want or what I, we usually now have the templates. We just take the templates and flip over the um, the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The theme. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I picked the color palette and he goes for it and then we put it up nice. there. Nice. Awesome. Tag team. Yay. That's it should be. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. No, I, again, I will be including the link to the Etsy shop there so you guys can get your stickers for your planners or however it is that people use the stickers nowadays, because I've even seen them using non plain yeah. notebooks, spiral books. So whatever, Yep. however you want to use them um, and keep track of things. Um, we'll include that link for you guys to grab those cute stickers. Um, you have a release coming out in a day or two after this airs, because this will be airing October 29th, which is Friday. Yes. So you have Crazy For You, Love and Nine Live series. Tell us, tell us all. No spoilers, please. But tell us, tell us all. (laughs) So the the idea for this series came when I was pregnant because I wanted something fun and lighthearted. And back when I lived in Tennessee, me and my two girlfriends, we all were cat crazy. And the idea just came like, three cat crazy best friends own a cat rescue and they each find they're happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I could do this in novellas. This is super cute. So of course I wrote the first two while I was pregnant and then I had a baby and it was like, Oh, I got to write the last one. <laughs> so 
which was the one I was most excited to write, surprisingly. So Crazy for You is about um, two nerds who, you know, they find each other. And there's all I will say this for anybody of you who are Star Wars fans out there, you will appreciate my cat naming system. <laughs> and yeah, it's just good fun there. It's a faded lovers type uh, romance. And there's some cute pets to bring them together. And if you like a little bit of light submissive Dom in there, Ooh. this one is the one for you. Um, the middle one was a little bit more sweet. And the first one was a little bit more spicy. So this one is a little bit more. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm really excited. And it comes out on Halloween. Yeah. So um, definitely something. Because, uh, you know, not everybody's into trick-or-treating or the Halloween aspect of things. I am one to honor it and love it, but I've never liked going door-to-door asking for stuff or candy. Oh, so yeah, it's never no. been me. But I will dress up and give out candy. But, yeah. but gee, if I have to sit and read a book instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gee darn, my bad. I can't give out any more candy because I have to go read Kylie's book. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty. They're both all pretty quick mm-hmm. reads. So ah. I love I love writing <laughs> contemporary novellas. They're they're really easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, I'll be uh, putting the link for that one too, so you guys can grab it. So you mentioned that this is you, you were inspired by three friends, mm-hmm. and and now there's three books. Yes, are your friends are like? Is this one about me? <laughs> No, no, okay. no, no. They're like, oh, no, this is not me at all. I'm like, oh, no, none of these girls are you. Like, none of them okay. are. But, um, yeah, no. And my, it's really funny because my girlfriends who, like, have cats, mm-hmm. they're all like, oh, this is so cute. We love these. I'm like, of course you do because you have cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, cool. No, Amanda Walker is the cover artist, and she killed the yes, covers. Yeah, they're really cute. the paw prints in the front. Yeah. I was like, we need paw prints in the cover. She's like, okay, we got it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so that's awesome. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll be again, concluding the links to that for crazy for you. And that's the end of the series then, since it was three friends and this is the third friend. Yes. Yeah. This is. So uh, we'll enjoy it. Grab all of them at once then, and just sit there eating candy from the cauldron this weekend. Yep. <laughs> Mom tags. Yep, exactly. Nice fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have to borrow that term. Thank you. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. When you're not working, um, which again, it's an interesting part of a question. When you're not working, what do you do for fun? I play Elder Scrolls online. (laughs) Like a nerd. Um, I also read a lot of science fiction fantasy for fun and just hang out with friends. We do a lot of game nights. We do a lot of board games. Um, we have a lot, a lot of my girlfriends now are becoming moms too. So we're starting to have like mom and dad and baby dates. So it's really interesting to be in this, you know, time of my life, but, uh, yeah, nice. good. It's pretty much what we do. Or just sit around and watch spooky videos on YouTube. Mm. Yep. Yep. That's something too that I, uh, I kind of go back and forth showing videos uh, to friends and TikToks too. Cause I'm like, if I'm sending you a TikTok, you know, I like you, right? 
workouts, yep, stuff like yep. that. That's like the new love language. Yeah, I can't get, I don't, I don't have a TikTok because if I got a TikTok, I would waste my day away. Yeah, I can see that. So I've used it and maybe this is only not my work for you. Um, I tend to stay away from it during the whole day, but at night, right before going to bed, I may just kind of do it for like 10 minutes and just. Yeah, the closest I ever got to getting a TikTok was when Kevin came out with his Shamala Hamala mm-hmm. stuff and I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Well, the good news is I don't think you have to have an account in order to see everything. So No, you don't. So what I do is I will look, if I want to watch mm-hmm. TikToks, I will go on YouTube and I will watch TikTok compilations, kind of like Vine compilations. Yes, many have done so that. I've heard of Anybody doesn't know what a Vine is? I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> we're... I have a narrator friend that's like, he mentioned the TikTok to me. I'm going, wait, what? You're on the TikTokie? And he goes, no, yep. I'm not on there. No, gross. I watch them on YouTube. I'm going, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> yep. I watch them on YouTube too. Like, okay. All right. All right, babe. Okay. Got it. All right. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but yeah. So now if I, if I send you some cute ones, now, you know. Oh yeah. I know. Now I know. Perfect. What is your favorite word? Mind you, it's the difference between a curse word and a word. Cause that's the second part of the question. Um, so what's your favorite word? Uh, my favorite word. Oh, I would have to say, honestly, it's recalcitrant. Hmm. What does that mean? Yep. It means to like, uh, difficult to manage, like hard to deal with, or you're defiant to authority. Like usually they say, oh, you're such a recalcitrant child. Like I love the name, like that word recalcitrant. It just sounds so I'm awful. so grabbing that because I... Yeah, recalcitrant. It's like um, obstinate, you know, just being stubborn. So I love using the word recalcitrant. And if you ever read my books, I try to throw that in there at least a couple of times yes. <laughs> throughout the book. That is awesome. I'm so using that. Yeah, it's one of my favorite words. Yeah. I know a few people like that. Uh- <laughs> I read it in a Regency and I was like, oh, that's a goodie. What does that mean? I looked it up and I was like, yep using that one mm-hmm. yeah it's just um like my niece was very argumentative growing as an infant and it's toddler so she <laughs> learned how to say you know um argumentative as a yep. four-year-old yeah i'm like gabby you're being i'm being argumentative okay <laughs> yep. <laughs> so now i have another word for her <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> fast forward at 19 things don't change nope Mm-mm. so what's your favorite curse word my favorite curse word <laughs> so real curse word would have to be fuck like i say it a lot accidentally like fuck like i trip over a lot i'm very klutzy so uh usually fuck is definitely but like one of my favorite made up swear words is a uh, twaffle twaffle okay yeah it's like a twat waffle mm-hmm. i don't know where i heard it but it's like i love it or twat in general like the british like use twat i'm like you twat mm-hmm. like what you what but yeah twaffle and <laughs> um fuck no it's my favorite one nice. yeah usually my male characters love the word fuck mm-hmm. so they like to do it and they like to say it. So. Well, the, that word can just be utilized in so many different ways. Yeah. Now, an adjective. under consent of the king, you know, you know whatever. Yeah. And, and, not, and not many people know that, but still, nonetheless, 
you know, it's so yep. versatile. It's just so good. It is. You know, um, is it a good fuck or is it a bad fuck? I know, right? <laughs> well, there's there are so many op- options in this. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also a TikTok one. I see if I can find it. There was one about the different ways to say the word bitch. Yeah. And so that's something to now we need you to, I mean, you know, we need to figure out someone to do the different ways to do the fuck to kind of right? showcase <laughs> all these different options. Right. You know, and so people know that and can just depending on tone, depending on the, the you know, the elongation of it or not. So it'll yeah. be my uh, husband's always like, Kylie, I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you swear like a sailor. I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Trust me. I know. I know when people have kids, it's just one of those things where you're like, you try- oh, no, this is even before oh, kids. Oh, 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 he, he, he. Oh, okay. I know. See, like, this is who I am. This is how you get me. <laughs> right. It was just like, uh, it was just like, yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. I know that when we got Corey, we got him. I, I try to not do that. But, you know, so there was a lot of brownies and fudge and bologna. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, motherfucker, no, I can't do this anymore. I was stressing out. I was literally having mm-hmm. anxiety issues over yeah. the, the bad words. And I'm like, you know what? They're going to hear a lot worse. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's like now it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it goes there. So now we have reached a fun portion. Not that this wasn't fun, but the game portion. Let me correct myself then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game portion of our chat where we ask you to tell us three things about you, of which two are true and one is a lie. So we play two truths and a lie and we try to figure out. And I say we because I really do like it. Think that everybody listening to me right now is playing along <laughs> and try to figure out which one is the lie. So if you're ready... Okay. You'll just tell us these three things and we got to figure out which one's a lie. Okay. I have traveled to the UK. I have a master's degree and I'm not using it. And I hate Jell-O. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's just random, um, but right. I love it. I try to make them as random as possible. Mm-hmm. I was like, what could be like believable, but not believable, mm-hmm. but believable. Yeah. And then you did it there because, I mean, you mentioned having a degree and not working in it, but then you went further. And when I have a master's degree and I don't work in mm-hmm. it, sneaky, 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 mm-hmm. smart, sneaky. I love it. Hmm. And traveling to the UK, considering you have family there, but then again, that means nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh my goodness okay so i'm going to try to figure this out if i'm wrong let's see if i can guess again and between the two options that i have but you hate jello i do hate jello. Ah! <laughs> it's the truth i do hate jello okay. it's awful and it needs to go away <laughs> Nothing should be able to move like that <laughs> ever. Yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> and be edible. Yeah, it's a texture for me. Uh, same, yeah. same. I'm a texture fan. I'm just like, nope, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Okay, so that's the truth. So that's good. Uh, let's see. So, do, 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 do. the lie then, master's degree, and that you're not using. No, it? I have a ma- I have a master's degree. 
and I am not using it. <laughs> so that's another trigger. So you've never, so yeah. okay, you've traveled. I have never been to the UK. Hmm. Nope. Nope. That's so why I mentioned earlier. I'm like, I have family there. Mm-hmm. But again, like I but said, that I, means nothing now. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah. But you got me with the whole degree thing. Cause I'm like, okay, I was trying to remember, did yeah. you say it was a bachelor? Or was it a master's? Uh, I think I might've said it, but yeah. I was just like, oh, we'll keep it. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. 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 Trust me. It's a, the, is she paying attention quiz? I just love it. Yeah. Rogue, <laughs> rogue people. No. Um, I think you said that you had a degree. I don't think you mentioned if it was bachelor's or that, you know, but anytime, most of the time people, when they say, oh yeah, I have a degree, everybody automatically thinks bachelor's. They never stop to yes. go that some people have masters or higher, you know, yep. stuff like that. So, well, okay. So never been to the UK. No. So hopefully when this whole thing that shall not be named goes yes. away and it's safe yes. to travel, you'll be able to go. I can go. Yes, and explore the, the homeland. Family, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. That's what we call it. The homeland. Yeah. And, Scotland. Yeah, and all the fun stuff that's out there because I'm like, wow. I mean, it's, it's on my list of my bucket list of places to go across the pond too. So I hear you. I yeah. understand. Yeah. So, but thank you for taking the time and for sharing that. You're I'm welcome. not the only one that doesn't like jello. Oh, I don't like it. Mm-mm. And people who bring like the jello. Oh, desserts for like the like holidays and potlucks. Salad. Yeah, I'm always like, I look at them like, why? <laughs> what is wrong with you? This is pie season. Mm-hmm. Bring a pie. Yes. Don't bring this marshmallow salad crap here. <laughs> Go away. And a day job coworker, I think her, she names her like Ambrosia something. And I'm like, no. Unless it has Prosecco in it. I don't want mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was never really keen on those jello shots either. And I never loved jello shots. I was always like, this is gagging. Yeah. Like, no. Oh, it's about the texture. I will say it is. I've had a little bit of like, I can do a spoonful, but very thin spoonful with like whipped cream. But then again, that changes yeah. the texture. Yeah. Of that. You're like covering yes, up the bag. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it about us and texture. We know that you hate it. Um, and we're not the it. only ones. So that's good. So before we go, can you tell us about what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? Well, I am currently working on a few audiobooks. Um, the third audiobook in the Stardom Academy series I've been working with, with Podium Audio, is coming out here pretty soon. Um, I think I have a date when it's going to release or should release. I've loved working with Podium Audio, they're awesome. And they've just been so good and easy to work with. Uh, yeah, Breakers, Academy of Stardom, book three. Um, the release date is going to be around the beginning of November. So that's always a good one to look out for. Um, as for the others, I have a couple of audiobooks that I'm currently working on in the works that are waiting to be released and post-producted with Podium, as well as the stuff we're working on. So that's always exciting. And then for writing, I am currently about to go into NaNoWriMo hell. And I'm being a rebel this year because I'm working on my next series. Mm. So Scottish Wolf Shifters. And um, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> and oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Scottish Wolf mm-hmm. Shifters. Ooh. Uh, yes. When you get all the check marks in the box. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Accent, check. Kilt, check. <laughs> check. Uh, brooding, yep. check. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You got to know it. They, they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. That's And then, of course, we'll be working on more sticker packs mm-hmm. for Christmas. Yep. Awesome. Go look forward to those and your series on YouTube. So, yep. The next uh, audiobook, the part one for authors, is coming out this Friday. Nice. So, let me sure to yeah. grab that link too, then, and add it there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Kylie, for taking the time to hang out with me today. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you so much for having me. I've had thank fun. Thank you. I'm glad. I haven't done one of these in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love chatting with you guys and getting to know you guys better and, and uh, just talking to someone (laughs) it's nice nice. we need we need human experiences they're nice they are really nice and you have been a pleasure like you've always are when i chat with you online (laughs) so that's good thank you for that if you guys are not following kylie on social media and her website i will be including all those links so go ahead click on them say yes follow like subscribe whatever on the platform that they want and uh, we'll go from there and until the next time happy listenings Thank you wholeheartedly to all of our audiobook love and podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Lynn Black Patterson, Michelle DeCosta, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darsh, Michelle Bestard, and Nancy Billows. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Benefits include early access, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.